Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. It's totally free to subscribe. Social media posts only make it to approximately 10% of your followers. So this is my way of communicating with you more directly. I hope you enjoy. Subscribe. Welcome to the block. It's hard to know where to begin with this one. I'll take a step back. A quote I'm fond of by Eckhart Tolle says, to love is to recognize yourself in another. We humans recognize ourselves in others all the time. We do it fairly naturally. When we first meet other people, we identify ourselves to others using not only our first name, but also our surname that indicate the given name of our family. Once you have the family name, you can start the small world game. You can check if you know the person's parents or brothers or sisters. Then you can move on to learning about that person. Maybe your neighbors or classmates. Maybe you became friendly at your church or your mosque or your synagogue. Maybe you both share a love for your state or your country, a local sports team, your alma mater, a hobby, a particular celebrity, muscle cars, or clothing brands. We might identify with others based on our shared dietary choices or lifestyle choices. For the most part, this shared experience, love of the same things, and loving one another based on it is a wonderful thing. It makes for some of the most joyous shared experiences in life. The problem I see with this is when the naturally occurring phenomenon of loving those who you recognize yourself in devolves into tribalism and the competitive nature of humans takes over. When loving one group turns into insulting, hating, or discriminating against another, it can't be called love anymore. I challenge you to love unconditionally by recognizing yourself in all others. The Oxford Dictionary defines tribalism as behavior and attitudes that stem from strong loyalty to one's own tribe or social group. Based on this definition, I believe that a society motivated by cultural tribalism is not one we should want to encourage in the 21st century. When we choose to identify with others and recognize ourselves in others based on our race, class, sex, gender, sexuality, and other non-chosen traits, in my opinion, we are moving in the wrong direction as a society. When we choose strong loyalty to our tribes instead of open-mindedness and rationality, we lose sight of the better way forward. The better way forward that I'm referring to is the one championed by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. during the Civil Rights Movement. In 1963, Dr. King published the book, Why We Can't Wait, and in it, he discussed the origins of racism in America. He denounced the injustices committed against the Native Americans, stating, our nation was born in genocide when it embraced the doctrine that the original American, the Indian, was an inferior race. Even before there were large numbers of Negroes on our shores, the scar of racial hatred had already disfigured colonial society. From the 16th century forward, blood flowed in battles of racial su supremacy. We are perhaps the only nation which tried, as a matter of national policy, to wipe out its indigenous population. Moreover, we elevated that tragic experience into a noble crusade, Indeed, even today, we have not permitted ourselves to reject or feel remorse for this shameful episode. Our literature, our films, our drama, our folklore all exalt it. It is estimated that over 100,000 Native Americans were forced from their homes and over 15,000 people died during the 1830s on the Trail of Tears. I've included an infographic in the text about the Trail of Tears. Of course, the denouncement of the genocide of the Native Americans was not the only thing Dr. King discussed. The civil rights movement that brought him to prominence and got him assassinated was the result of the transatlantic slave trade. This segment of the global slave trade transported between 10 and 12 million enslaved Africans across the Atlantic Ocean to the Americas from the 16th to the 19th century. It was the second of three stages of the so-called triangular trade 
in which arms, textiles, and wine were shipped from Europe to Africa, slaves from Africa to the Americas, and sugar and coffee from the Americas to Europe. I've also included an infographic about the transatlantic slave trade in the text. The wounds of this horrific history still cut deep in the black community in America today. Very close to where I grew up, on Stone Mountain, which is a former home of the KKK, the largest Confederate monument in the world still stands tall. Finally, just last week, it was announced that an African-American man, Reverend Abraham Mosley, will lead the board that decides how Stone Mountain will move into the future. This is a long overdue step in the right direction. On Saturday, President Biden officially recognized the massacre of Armenians by the Ottoman Empire during World War I as a genocide. In his statement marking the 106th anniversary of the massacre, he wrote, quote, each year on this day, we remember the lives of all those who died in the Ottoman era Armenian genocide and recommit ourselves to preventing such an atrocity from ever again occurring, end quote. Historians have estimated that around 1 million Armenians perished in the genocidal campaign during World War I. I've included an infographic in the text as well. This declaration by President Biden faces backlash from Turkey, whose people identify with their Ottoman ancestors. Turkish communications director responded on Saturday saying that, quote, the Biden administration's decision to misportray history with an eye on domestic political calculations is a true misfortune for Turkey-U.S. relations, end quote. While Presidents Obama and Trump both avoided using the word genocide to avoid angering Turkey, Biden has calculated that our already weakening relations with Turkey and its President Erdogan should not prevent us from validating the plight of Armenians more than a century ago and signal a commitment to human rights today. Bravo, President Biden. As a descendant of a German Jew, I personally identify most with the genocide committed against my people. I put my people in air quotes because I'm saying it facetiously. I don't consider Jews to be my people any more than I consider people from New Zealand to be my people. We have this characteristic of religion or nationality by happenstance, not by choice. So my grandfather left Germany in the 1930s and thus avoided the systematic genocide of over 6 million European Jews during World War II. Thanks, Grandpa. And currently, there's a population of approximately 12 million Uyghur Muslims in northwestern China who are feeling increasingly threatened by the Han Chinese population that continues to move into their territory. I included an infographic of the Uyghur population as well. There are reports of Chinese internment re-education camps holding up to 1 million Uyghurs, mass sterilization of Uyghur women, family separation, and worse. According to BBC, quote, people who have managed to escape the camps have reported physical, mental, and sexual torture. Women have spoken of mass rape and sexual abuse, end quote. Due to these human rights violations, last month, the U.S. State Department announced new sanctions on two Chinese officials, and President Biden promised to be unrelenting in calling attention to this atrocity. You may be thinking, this is happening in China. There isn't anything I can do about it. It's not my problem. I would argue that this position can't be more misguided. See yourself in the Uyghur Muslims. Imagine both of you love the same team or are fans of the same band. Imagine it's your family this is happening to. Do your part to spread the word and make sure our politicians know that this is not okay. It never was. Make sure they know that we expect them to put pressure on China to make the human rights abuses stop. Our Uyghur brother and sisters deserve better. I'll leave you with this. In a 1962 speech at Cornell College, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, quote, people fail to get along because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other. They don't know each other because they've not communicated with each other, end quote. I encourage you to be open-minded and to reach out and communicate with people who don't look like you, don't eat like you, don't speak your language, and don't worship like you. 
you'll likely find that you have more in common than you ever could have imagined. Until next time, blog. What's going on? Here comes your market close snapshot from Monday, April 26th, 2021. U.S. bond yields and global equities, the 10-year and the 30-year yields were both basically flat, up slightly. The Dow Jones was down slightly. The NASDAQ and the S&P 500 were both up. The NASDAQ up half a percent. The Russell 2000 was up 1.26%, leading the way in the U.S. indices. International equities were led by the Nikkei, up 0.36%. In the USA Big 8 stocks, Amazon led the way up 2%, and Tesla was also up 1.2%. The China Big 8 stocks were led by NIO up 3.75%, and Tencent Music and Taiwan Semiconductor both up 2.4%. In U.S. banking, fintech, and crypto, Square had a good day, up 3.8%, and Bitcoin and Ethereum both had great days, bouncing back from being down over the weekend. Bitcoin is up 9.6% to 53856 and Ethereum up 7% to 2484. In mining, metals, and foreign exchange, gold and silver had decent days, gold up to 1780, and silver up to 2617. The dollar index was flat at 9083, and foreign exchange was quiet. And finally, in commodities, oil was down slightly, under $62 a barrel. Wheat and corn were both up over 3%, and copper and aluminum we're both up as well. Copper up 2.5% and aluminum up 1.75%. All right. Thanks for joining. Talk to you soon. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. It's totally free to subscribe. And all my clients get the first year paid subscription free with any package purchased. With the paid subscription, you'll get investment research tips in real time to help you expand your wealth. I do the research so you don't have to. For those who don't know, I run Elbay Endeavors, a consulting company which helps individuals and entrepreneurs expand their wealth and businesses. We offer packages suitable for everyone from rising investors to Fortune 500 companies. No matter where you are on your financial or entrepreneurial journey, we're here to help you get to the next level. Download our free guide and schedule your free 30-minute consultation to get started working with us today. The annual subscription costs less than 22 cents a day. You really can't afford to be without it.